In this podcast, I will be sharing stories of trials and miracles, trusting and faith, learning and listening, disappointment, strength, fear, and joy. I am Lara Belk, founder and president of Nurturing Nations. This is my journey as a wife and a mother of nine children and why I started a charity in Ghana, Africa, and what I have learned along the way. I am so glad you are here. Thanks for listening. I was 25 and pregnant with my third child. I had had a boy and a girl and then a boy. And when I was pregnant with my third baby, I thought everything was going as planned. I was going to have a baby every two years. I wanted to have 12 children. And life was going along just as I thought I wanted it to. And Um, I always wanted a large family. I wanted to have the busyness of many children and the love that is included in having lots of family around you to enjoy life with. And so I thought things were going really well. I had had two very easy pregnancies. Everything the doctor said was very textbook. Everything went um, just exactly as it should. And so I thought I should have no problem in having lots of children. Um, I did, um, when I became pregnant with my third baby, I just felt like time was going by so quickly and I wasn't able to fully experience every moment with my children because there was so much that needed to be done just to take care of them. And so, so I had prayed that, that something might happen, that things would be able to slow down and I would be able to find the time to enjoy my children and enjoy them growing up because they were just growing up so fast and I wanted to enjoy every moment. And so I, I just wanted things to slow down somehow and be able to experience the joys of being a mother with each one of my children and each of the milestones that they reached. And so as I was um, pregnant and I started to feel the baby move and the excitement that comes along with that. I had a distinct impression that there was something unique about this baby, something special about this baby. And I didn't know what that was, but I just felt like there was something different that wasn't like the other two that I had given birth to. And, and I thought, um, every time I was pregnant, I wanted twins. So I thought, well, maybe this is my twins. Maybe that's why it feels different. Maybe this is my twins. I just always felt that I was going to have twins and it, it wasn't twins. Um, but when I went in for one of my appointments, there was a doctor that was filling in for my regular doctor and he came in and I had taken my two older children with me to this appointment because I wanted them to be able to hear the baby's heartbeat. And I wanted them to be excited about their new brother or sister that was going to be joining our family. And the doctor came in and he said, oh, I think there is something wrong with your baby and we need to do an ultrasound. Now, back then, this was 29 years ago and doing ultrasounds was not common. And I immediately started crying and I called my husband and said, the doctor thinks there's something wrong with his baby. And, and we went through the appointment and my children, of course, were concerned and I was wishing I hadn't brought them to this appointment. And, and the, the doctor did the ultrasound and 
he said, oh, everything's fine. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with your baby. Everything checks out fine. And so I was very, I was very relieved. But later I learned that this doctor was wanting to learn how to use the ultrasound equipment. So every mother that came in that day was told that there was something wrong with her baby so that he could learn how to use the equipment. This was very, very wrong. There were lots of women that were put into stressful situations that it shouldn't have happened. And when my regular doctor found out, he cut all associations with that doctor. And I'm not sure if he filed legal things against him or whatever, but but there should have, if he would have known what he was doing, he probably would have been able to pick up something. My baby was very small, um, but he, I was just being used as a guinea pig. And this was very upsetting to me. But I was relieved, you know, when he said nothing was wrong with your baby and, and we were able to move on. But um, as we got towards the end of, end of my pregnancy, there was a day, it was a Sunday, I remember it was a Sunday, and I was very busy. And I, um, towards the afternoon, I started to think, I have not felt this baby move all day. And I became very, very concerned. And so I tried to get the baby to move. I tried to do everything that I could to be able to feel that he was still okay and he was alive, and I couldn't get him to move at all. So I called the doctor, and we went in, and and they decided that they needed to induce me, that the baby was under severe um, uh, stress. He wasn't um, getting enough oxygen. Um, we found that the placenta had started to break down, and and he was in, it, it was a very scary situation. And I had, with my first two, I had... Um, been able to uh, naturally give birth without any any um, medication or epidural. And I wanted to do the same thing with this one. Um, but every time I would move, the his heart rate would drop drastically. And the doctor said, I really need you to do this, um, be able to deliver this baby without any medication because this baby can't handle um anything um, at this time. So he said, we either need to do an emergency C-section or you need to be able to um, go through labor without without any medication. And this was a very stressful situation because I was very worried about my baby. I was worried if he was going to survive. And, and, and then I knew that I couldn't move. And I laid in the hospital on my right side for hours not moving, listening to my baby's heartbeat and praying that he would be strong enough to be able to be born. I didn't know at the time that he was a boy, um, but I was praying for him and I was praying for me to have the strength that I needed to be able to bring this baby into the world. And it was a long time on that right side, but every time I would move just a little bit, my baby's heart rate would drop. So I labored motionless the best that I could. And I was strengthened and we were very blessed that he was able to be born. And and we, of course, knew when he um, was born that he would have to be rushed um, 
a way to be able to monitor him and to be able to help get his oxygen levels up and everything um, to check and see what was what was happening. And so I I gave birth to this beautiful little five pound baby boy. And of course, our hearts were filled with concern. And I only was able to see him for a short time. And they rushed him off. And then they transferred me to, to my room. And I waited and waited and waited. And they wouldn't bring my baby to me. They kept saying, Oh, we need to check this. We need to check that. We're monitoring him. We need to give him a bath. We need to, they just kept telling me all these different things of why I couldn't see my baby. And this was awful. It was awful. I told them I need to feed my baby. I need to nurse my baby. I need to take care of him. He needs his mother. And they wouldn't let me see him. And after a very long time, I can't remember, it was like a day before um, they, the doctor, the pediatrician finally came into my room and I said, they won't let me see my baby. And he said, well, there's a reason. And he said, I believe your baby has Down syndrome. And I immediately knew why I felt there was something special about this baby when I was pregnant with him. And the doctor proceeded to tell me that because I was young, I should put this baby in a home and forget about him. I never, ever thought someone would tell me to forget about a child. And this was a good doctor. He was a good man, but he said, that's an option. You can put this baby in a home and just forget about him. You're young. You can have more children. And my fighting spirit kicked in and I knew I would never leave this child in a home and I would never forget about him. He also proceeded to tell me all the difficulties that come the low muscle tone and heart problems and all kinds of things. And I felt that things were going to be okay. I cried a lot. We cried a lot because this isn't what we expected. This was different than what we thought was going to happen for our family. And I didn't understand a whole lot about Down syndrome. And I had the doctor tell me also, he said, you won't be able to nurse this baby. I had nursed my other two babies and he said, you won't be able to nurse this baby because of the low muscle tone. And immediately I thought, I'm going to prove you wrong. And I did. I was able to nurse my baby. Eventually it was a really long process and I had to feed him um, with an eyedropper to be able to get his strength up and to be able to try to get his muscle tone um, in his mouth strong enough so that he would be able to nurse. And it was a really long road. I would have to, I would try to nurse him. He was very sleepy, very difficult to keep awake to be able to nurse. I would try to nurse him and then um, he would sleep and I would pump and then I would feed him with an eyedropper to try to get as much into him as I could. 
And then I would have a 30 minute break and we would start the process all over again. And I was very determined. And eventually we were able to get him strong enough so that he was able to nurse and he became a great little nurser. And he just filled out. He became the plumpest little roundest, sweetest little baby. And I was so grateful that I was able to do that for my baby, but it was hard. I was so exhausted because I couldn't have anybody come into the home. I couldn't have anybody leave except for my husband because he needed to go to work and because my baby had um, low immunity and we needed to keep him from getting any um, infections or any illnesses that were going around. He was due in January And so this was flu season and the doctor said to keep him because he's so small, he has Down syndrome, all these things. He said, in order to keep him safe, you need to not let anybody come or go from your home and you need to be really, really careful. He also had um, a hard time keeping his body temperature up. And so we lived in a small home. The only place we could have this baby was in our room and we had to have heaters on all the time to keep his his body temperature up and it was really hot (laughs) in that room, but we did the best we could to be able to take care of our, our little boy. And when he, um, after the doctor had ran some tests and different things, he found that he had, uh, problems with his heart and, um, which is very common in children with Down syndrome. And at the time we had, Um, some very spiritual experiences that happened and prayers were answered and his heart was healed. This was a miracle. And we were so grateful for that blessing and that our prayers were heard and that his heart was was able to be made whole. We had, when we were in the hospital and we were trying to come to grips with our new reality and to try to understand the the ramifications of all the health problems and the future of, of everything that happens in having a child with Down syndrome. We cried a lot, <clears throat> but we came together as husband and wife and we knew that this baby was meant to be in our family <clears throat> and that we wouldn't give up on him. When I called my dad to tell him that we thought our baby had Down syndrome, he said, Laura, why are you crying? That's nothing to cry about. And I have learned since then, even though I'm crying now, that it's such a joy to have a child with Down syndrome in our family. It truly is. I am so grateful that Heavenly Father prepared me to love these children. I am ashamed to admit that before I had my son with Down syndrome, I was terrified of individuals with special needs. I didn't have many that I knew of or that I interacted with. And when I was in high school, My dad had told me that there was a position in, um, when I was looking for a job, he said that there was a 
a place that um, helped children with special needs and that there was a job opening there. And he said, I think you should go and apply for that job. And I did. And I walked into the building and there were lots of individuals with special needs of all different kinds of needs. And it was so overwhelming to me. And at the time I thought, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I left. And I'm so ashamed now because I love individuals with special needs. They have taught me so much and I am so grateful to have four children in my family, in my children that have special needs. And it's because of our son that our hearts were opened and that we were able to embrace this new um, world that we were welcomed into. It's a an amazing thing to be a part of. And now when I have someone that tells me that they think their child has Down syndrome, I want to give them a big hug and say, congratulations, I'm so excited for you. This is the most amazing thing to be a part of. And it truly is. And I feel every family should have a child be blessed with a child with Down syndrome because the blessings and the joy and the things that come and the things that you learn from having a child with Down syndrome are so amazing. And I am so grateful for the opportunity that I have to have two children with Down syndrome, two little angels in our home that help to remind me of the things that are important. I want to remind you back when I was um, pregnant and I had prayed that I wanted things to slow down. Things did slow down in being able to enjoy every milestone that my son made. It was hard. It was hard to get him to the point where he could nurse. It was hard to get him to the point where he could sit up or to crawl or to walk. All those steps took time and I was able to enjoy each one because it took a lot of effort to get him to those points. And I was so grateful for that opportunity and for a loving Heavenly Father that trusted our family to have this sweet boy come into our home to teach us the things that are important. He is so good at helping me to slow down and to remember what truly is important and to find joy in the little things. And I am so grateful to have him for my son and I'm grateful that he is patient with me and he helps to teach me and to teach me how to love unconditionally and to be patient with others and I'm so grateful that he opened the door so that now I can help children that are born in Ghana Africa that have special needs that their families don't understand their value. I am so grateful that I'm able to now help those children and help those families and be able to save the lives of children that are seen as a curse and that are being killed simply because they are born with a special need or that they are different in some way. I am so grateful that I have this opportunity and I want to say to anyone out there that is listening that has also been given the diagnosis of having a child with Down syndrome, congratulations. It's an amazing club to be a part of. Embrace every moment and love your baby. That's all they are as a baby that needs their mom. 
and their dad and love them and take every day one at a time and find joy in the little things. Thank you so much for listening to the Nurturing Nations podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please go to iTunes, subscribe, leave a review, and spread the word so others can easily join with us. If you want to learn more about Nurturing Nations, visit our website at nurturingnations.org. I humbly invite you to make a donation and join our life-saving team.